On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Peyton Shoulders, one of our team members here at TDR, to recap a special night in Memorial Gym. Saturday night on West End featured the jersey retirement of Shane Foster, a legend on West End. Number 32 is now hanging high in the rafters of Memorial Gym, and we react to the magic in the air during the game as well as Vanderbilt beat LSU 75-66 behind 24 points for Rondi Chapman. Plus, we give an update on Liam Robbins and discuss his impact on the floor before Vandy enters murderer's row on their schedule. And lastly, we give a quick preview of the matchup with Missouri on Tuesday night at Memorial Gym. We've got all that and much more coming right up here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Let's ride. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state. And West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who bleed black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. Welcome into the Door Report. It is episode 142. It is February 7th, 2022. We are powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. And, Will, we've got a special night to recap, but we've also got a special guest on here, Peyton Shoulders, a proud member of the Door Report. Uh, One of our team members has joined us tonight, so he will uh, provide his experience from being in the gym on, on Saturday night, as you will, Will. I will not be able to provide firsthand experience, uh, but uh, but I'll be able to, to provide some of the things I saw. Uh, but Vanderbilt beat LSU, and Will, that was just a huge win. Biggest win of the season. I think that was probably the biggest first half they've had under Coach Stackhouse. So uh, for them to be able to beat LSU, a team that they beat last year, who was also ranked last season, uh, I, don't, I don't think you can say enough about that. I think the fans carried it, carried that, that effort a lot. Yeah, I hate Will Wade. That's just openly out there. I want to say that I couldn't stop yelling at him during the game. I wish I had those seats directly behind the bench like I did uh, earlier in the season for Mississippi Valley State Delta. Those were f- great to have because the coaches can hear every single word you're you saying. You got under his skin pretty well. Yeah, so so Will Wade is my least favorite coach in the SEC. He beats Calipari by a mile. Um, so it's always great to see him screaming at referees and uh, disappointed in the end result and always a class act in Will Wade. But always, the always. Shane Foster thing was awesome. I don't want to get in too much into it, but Peyton was there. Peyton, I, I know you – you were able to see it. I don't know where you're sitting, but man, that that was an experience. I said I was going to get uh, videos and pictures, but I decided to put the phone down and just put, take it. Put in. it down. And yeah, that that was definitely some mental pictures that needed to be taken. There are going to be plenty of pictures and content uh, Vanderbilt basketball has been putting out. We'll continue to put out that uh, some some are a summation of those events yeah. um, better than anything I was going to capture. So it was a great night, Peyton. I, I know you were there as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I wanted the video, but, you know, it's like I just caught myself not doing it. I just couldn't, you know, couldn't take my eyes away because 
Um, you know, growing up, it's, it, the kids in the gym, they either have 32 or a 23 jersey. You know, mm -hmm. it's either Shane Foster or John Jenkins at the school. And, yep. you know, you mix in the Derek Byers and what like that. But the, Shane Foster, you know, he, he sort of started, not necessarily started Memorial Magic, but I would say he's probably the poster child for Memorial Magic. Yeah, no doubt. He, he was a pioneer. Will and I talked about that. I mean, he, he was one of the more important figures to, to kind of carry on that Memorial Magic and even make it bigger than it, than it actually was. So we'll get into all that. Peyton is with us. Will's with us. We got all three of us. It'll be a big basketball episode. Uh, we'll recap the LSU game. We'll give another Liam Robbins update. I feel like we're giving one of those every episode. <laughs> uh, but we'll also talk a little bit about the Missouri game tomorrow night at Memorial Gym. That's a late tip off. So we could see, I don't know how the crowd probably won't be great, but I think after that LSU game, maybe some fans are, are starting to, to fully hop on board a little bit here. So we'll, we'll get into all that. But before we get to all that breaking news, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on anchor iTunes, Spotify, and Google podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. All right, let's get to the breaking news. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flowing job to a Laco fine wood floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. A Laco fine wood floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. All right, Will and Peyton, let's uh, let's get to the breaking news here. Uh, let's start before we dive into any of the game, Shane Foster's special night. Uh, guys, he became the third Vanderbilt men's basketball player to have his jersey hang from the rafters of Memorial Gym. Really cool night. Really cool moment. Of course, you wish the gym was at full capacity, but the way things have been going, I don't think anyone realistically expected that, but it was still a really good crowd for, for that one. I thought his speech was perfect. Very well said. I think he touched on everything he needed to in a quick manner and, and and boy, I don't know about you guys, but when he addressed Memorial Magic, he kind of yelled it out into Memorial Magic. The place absolutely erupted. I mean, that, that that's kind of what a lot of the fans came back for. They came back uh, to see Shane Foster's speech and see him honored. So it felt like Will and Peyton, he brought a little bit of Memorial Magic pixie dust with him into the arena because Vanderbilt used a lot of that in the game. Um, so, Will, I'll start with that. I know you talked about it a little bit, but as a kid, I mean, you 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 told us he he was your guy. He was your player, number thirty two. That's the jersey. The st all the students had those Shane Foster jerseys on. Um, I, I thought it was just a perfect speech, very fitting uh, to to kind of rekindle some of the magic that that he created at Memorial Gym. Yeah, I want to start off, Billy, by saying it was awesome to be there. It was an incredible experience. That was my favorite player, hands down, growing up. Um, who I wanted to be on the basketball court besides J.J. Redick, but he's at Duke, so that's a little less relevant to the podcast. But he, he was the person that made me a Vanderbilt fan, the same way that Earl Bennett made me a Vanderbilt fan of Vanderbilt football in those days. It was around the same time frame. So that being said of how awesome it was, I'll remember the rest of my life. I was there with my dad. It was awesome. He brought me out initially. It was an awesome experience. Those type of things are always just a little bit awkward when you're actually there. Uh, it's yeah, always the yeah. crowd just doesn't erupt at quite the right time. And the speech well, was great from Shane Foster. But, man, it's like one of those things that builds up, builds up, and, like, what it symbolizes is so huge. It's kind of like the anchor drop at yeah. the beginning of the football game. It's like even if that place is packed out, 
the anchor drop is still kind of like weird and awkward. Like if you remember UNC, Michael Jordan's, the ceiling is the roof or whatever that was yeah, when he yeah. said that. It's kind of the same thing. It doesn't matter who it is, if it's Michael Jordan, if it's Shane Foster, they're always just a little bit odd. That being said, it was a, done wonderfully by Vanderbilt. Everything was great. You could see it when we walked in looking up in the rafters with that black uh, curtain hanging over top of it. So it's did, a great did, experience and congratulations to Shane Foster. Did you guys hear, uh, I, I think it was Candace Story Lee, right as the jer- right as the black part was pulled off, I think she let out a little scream. And I thought, <laughs> talking about awkward, I'm not saying that, that was, you know, s- some kind of disaster, but I thought it was funny how you kind of heard Candace Lee in the background there, it was rising up. But Peyton, I know you were there too. Uh, did you have kind of the same sentiments that, uh, that Will had actually being in the arena? Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with what he said. Um, it doesn't. I don't want to sound like too much of an old person, but it does not feel like that long ago when I was watching Shane Foster on that court. So it was kind of surreal, you know, just just seeing him out there and all the alumni that we saw with him. Um, you know, it was just a kind of a taste of of old Vanderbilt, and you know, obviously the the win helped help that. You know, just made yeah. it a great night. It, it was just awesome. Yeah, the, yeah that the was white... just like just like Tom Brady retiring, Shane Foster. It's like my childhood's over. Like that. That was. I, I mean, I know I'm already 24. I'm an adult, but it's, it's like over. all the time. It's it. The, my favorite player as a kid is in the rafters, and the last quarterback that I grew up watching is gone. Like it it's just like kind it, of a moment of realization. Like here we like are. It We're, was there. <laughs> like Memorial Magic was there again for one night. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not yeah. saying it's gone, but it felt like a little bit of it was brought back. And the white suit. I mean. That, that was that was pretty sick, the, the all-white that, that he brought out. So Shane Foster, the third Vanderbilt men's basketball player to have his jersey hung from the Raptors in Memorial Gym. And, yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of that carried over into the game. I think both all of us would agree with that. And, and Vanderbilt ended up winning, which I think coming into this game, Will and Peyton, we, we – I think fans were confident but hesitant at the same time. Like, hey, Will Wade and LSU, they're coming in here with a really good defensive team. Uh, And, of course, Shane Foster having his special night. Maybe there's some magic. Vanderbilt got it. They got all that magic. They they beat LSU 75-66. Talking about the atmosphere, it definitely wasn't full, but that's the best I think it's been in a really long time. And I think that really helped them late in the game, as I said earlier. Uh, And Stackhouse actually said it after the game, guys. He said, yeah, I think our fans really helped us in terms of emotionally kind of I might say limp to the finish line I think I will say that but at the same time get a a win that they really needed Uh, so they're 12 and 10 overall now four and six in the SEC and guys Rodney Chapman really stepped up 24 points six threes I don't know if we saw six threes coming from him but boy did they need that that was a performance that they really needed Uh, he actually finished two points shy of his career high of 26 that he scored at UTC back in 2018 so I don't know if, if Stackhouse expected that, but if they can get that from Chapman and then maybe you know a little bit more than seven points from Pippen, I think this team can start to beat some of those teams like Tennessee and and even end up beating Kentucky. So they held they they, they held held it tight with Kentucky there, seven point loss on on Wednesday night. So uh, Miles Studi also had seventeen points. Scotty Pippen only had seven, as I said, but he went zero for six from deep. I think that says a lot about this team that they beat a top twenty five team at home without the SEC's leading score, you know, without the SEC's leading score actually, you know, putting up his big numbers that he usually does. So, so Will, I mean, I'll start with you. Even on a bad night with Pippen, the defense really stepped up, and it felt like without that good of a defensive effort, this game might have been a little bit closer. And that 16-0 run that LSU went on, that might have been a winner if their defense wasn't so good in the first half and, and their offense. I mean, they lit it up in the first half. Yeah, I want to come on here, Billy and Peyton. I want to come on here and just glow 
about the the evening that on the Saturday night that I had there in Memorial, the the game they played the best half of basketball that I've seen them play. Uh, they were able to score the basketball, were moving it, weren't hesitant on offense. You had Shane Foster's jersey retirement, but there were things to take away from this game that weren't necessarily positive. We always say that this year with Stack isn't necessarily about wins and losses, so you have to take the criticisms there when you win a game you're not necessarily expected to. And they allowed LSU to go on a 16-0 run, like you mentioned, from the eight-minute mark. I actually got got it written down here at the 9.48 mark of the second half. Vanderbilt was leading LSU 69-48. to With four minutes and 47 seconds left, Vanderbilt was leading LSU 69-64. to That's a 16-0 run. Mm-hmm. We talked about those runs. I talked about the runs yep. when I was doing the podcast solo. It's just they had built up such a big lead in that first half. And Rodney Chapman's family was actually there. I saw them with their custom jerseys on courtside. So awesome for him to have that performance out there with his family in attendance. But at the same time, nothing really has changed from the offense. There was nothing different about this game. They, they built confidence because it made shots early and it made the offense look good. But these were the sh- same shots they've been taking all year. Vanderbilt all year, we've seen that they are one of the highest team or the one of the teams that is the highest in the country mm-hmm. in three-point attempts as compared to overall three-point yeah, three field goals attempted as a percentage of overall field goal attempts. That was a tough stat to get out there. We know they shoot a lot of threes, and we've said they're missing a lot of those, those three-point shots that they take. This game, they were just falling, yeah. and you're going to have games like that, and it seems like that they are seemingly coming against Will Wade a lot, but Scotty Pippen Jr. had an off game. Sorry, I'm trying to get out a lot of information here. <laughs> Scotty Pippen Jr. had an off game. You were able to win. That's something that last year I don't think this team can do with Scotty having seven, but Miles Studi stepped up, Rodney Chapman stepped up, and I know Jordan Wright only had 13, but I I think he played extremely well. Yeah, he was a big part of that, even though the box score doesn't pop out. I think he's had some box that maybe looked a little better than he actually played. This game was one where I think his box score stats actually look a little worse than he actually played. Yeah. I think he played better than his stats he, show. So overall, the supporting cast played well, but I want to get in Peyton's opinions here. It's not just me and you this time around. Pey- Peyton's a big guy. He, he loved the defensive effort. Right, yeah, and that's, you know, high school, all I did was sit in the corner and shoot threes. So watching Same. defense is just like something I've never seen before because I didn't play much of that. So, <laughs> you know, even when this team goes on, on you know, streaky on offense, like we've seen the majority, of the, you know, a lot of the season, the defense still being there is, you know, something that Stackhouse hasn't had in the past. I just think through all this, uh, you know, QMB still being the player that he is in the paint, is, you know, just a great surprise for everybody. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Nobody saw that coming. Bold take here, but I think Liam Robbins, you know, it's more about health for him. You know, he's he's got to outplay QMB to get on that court, you know? Yeah, QMB, um, the way he's playing right now, it, you know, it's going to take some time for Liam to get inserted. I do think when Liam's at 100%, he's, he's obviously better than QMB. Right, uh, but at the same I time, agree. within the next couple of weeks, that, that's going to be QMB until Liam's 100%. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that, I think that's where they're at with QMB. But at the same time, guys, LSU shot – awful they shot 21 percent from three-point range so you know i think if they shoot 35 percent, this game's a lot closer and i'm not saying you know lsu shooting the balls of reason vandy won this game but vandy did shoot 42 percent, so a lot better uh, than lsu they did go 10 of 17 for the free throw line i think they still need to clean that up uh but well you talked about the 16-0 run that i mean that could have been the game but it wasn't like i i thought that might have been the game at, the, at that point 
Yeah, they, they went on that run, and I do want to throw this in about LSU because all the statistics, I love the rankings and different rankings going into the end of the season and where they stack up against the rest of the country, that is Vanderbilt. But LSU is 16th in Ken Palm, number 25 in the country in the AP poll. That looks great. That's a great win. LSU is floundering. They're really they are struggling on an right absolute now. skid. They've lost six of their last seven in it since SEC play started. They started out with wins over Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Florida. 4-0. Since then, they've lost to Arkansas, lost to Alabama, lost to Tennessee, beat Texas A&M at home, and then they lost to TCU, Ole Miss, and then lost to Vanderbilt. So this is a good win for Vanderbilt. This is a win I don't think they get in previous years. Mm -hmm. But there were some issues that reared their ugly heads in the 16-0 run. And I think this LSU team is not playing quite as well as it shows in their rankings right now. And they're not going to be ranked in the top 25 once that next poll comes out. But temper expectations. But there are some winnable games coming up on the calendar especially next before the real gauntlet starts. So we've got some interesting matchups coming up for Vanderbilt that will really show us who they are. It just looked like LSU didn't want to be there. It looked like they (laughs) they wanted no part of the the Memorial Magic coming back, a good crowd on the road, weird gym. I'm sure Will Wade hates coaching there. Um, But it felt like kind of a buildup of, yeah, LSU doesn't want to be here. Vanderbilt really needs this win, and they got it. You know, I mean, but at the same time, guys, I thought Vanderbilt did look, you know, we talked about the offense. I thought they moved the ball really well. They had 18 assists as a team. LSU only had six. So I think with Vanderbilt, when they're able to move that ball and and actually circulate it and get it moving and get those good shots, it honestly comes down to hitting the shots. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I, I, it's, I don't want to interrupt you here, Billy, but I want to correct myself. They didn't beat Auburn to start out SEC play. They okay, lost okay. Auburn by 15. Lost then they Auburn. beat Kentucky, Tennessee, and Florida. So they did yeah. start out three and one, but go back to what you're yeah. saying. I didn't but want to have something I, not factual. No, I, out there. I want you to correct that. But at the same yeah. time, the, like, I think it is that simple for this team right now. I'm not saying they beat Kentucky if they just hit shots and they made a, I think they would have beaten Tennessee if they just hit shots. Like a lot of these games, I think they would have gone the other way, but are y'all in agreement that, Hey, if this team hits shots, they, they will beat anybody. I mean, am I crazy saying that? But I think a few things you have to look at um, from, from Saturday is mighty Trey Thomas did not He I don't think he had a point. Um, I don't think Tyron Lawrence had a point. I think Trey had mate. I don't think he did actually. I don't think he scored. I don't think, I don't even know if Tyron Lawrence took off his, his shoot around shirt, um, to be honest. But I, I think as pushing Lawrence it, Lawrence um, did not and, play. And, yeah, I didn't think so either. I, pushing it in tempo was was definitely huge. Um, but I, I think the different aspect for you know the main aspect for this team, the only way they can guard us is you know focus on Scottie Pippen Jr. And we haven't had those people that that come around him. You know, I'm not expecting 26 from Chapman every night, 24, whatever it was. But if you have Chapman, you know, Studi, Jordan Wright. It's obviously not always going to be clicking, but they're they're focusing on shutting down Scottie Pippen Jr. You know, when you have four guys that that are threats on the court, you know, I think this makes this makes the team dangerous. You know, playing anybody, honestly. I do want to throw in the stat, Billy. We always bring up, which is even yep. with this performance, you know what they shot from the free throw line? They were ten for seven. Yeah, they were ten for seventeen. Yeah, ten for seventeen. That, that has and to the free better. throw disparity as well as LSU. The only thing that kept them in the game was the referees started calling the game completely different in the second half. In the first half, all contact was a go. You could drive through the paint. They Body contact was not a foul. Had Leah let let the let the players decide. Let, let the, the boys, boys play. play. But in the second half, they came out and decided every bump, every body check off the ball in transition, whatever it is, 
they're gonna call it everything it in the Will paint. Wade. Will yeah. Wade modest. It Will them, Wade. Uh, Good God. And they stuff. actually Peyton, if you were in there, I don't know how they showed it on TV, Billy, where they he slid over. I think it was Q and B to take a charge, and they called it a charge on the court. They Will Wade yelled, the and they then they just it, came yeah. around and pointed at the ground and i was like okay maybe he was inside of the restricted circle i'm not arguing that point Mm -hmm. but i my dad always said something to me when i would argue argue to a referee or anything he would say if you argue with them they're not going to change the call even if you're right so there's no point (laughs) well that i looked over at it and said hey that old thing you always used to say that right that doesn't necessarily hold true if you yell (laughs) loud enough then you're going to get their attention and maybe you know it's will wade whatever else he's He's, uh, offering he's barking there, about so. yeah. yeah he, he was bark, he was barking a lot pregame, and I yeah. thought uh, I think a lot of Vandy fans don't like him. And similar to you, Will, right. they they're not fans of Will Wade. I don't I think a him. lot. I don't think a lot of people are fans of Will Wade. Uh, so, but uh, Vanderbilt's been able to beat him the last two times he's coming to Memorial Gym. Vanderbilt has beat him, and they know how to beat him. So I, I think for he's Vanderbilt, also getting fat, which is making me really happy. <laughs> Those handles are getting huge, but which is great. I, I love. To I just see wanted it. that. Just wanted to add this in when he. When he got in the ref's face after they called that a charge, I don't think I've heard Memorial Jim push for a technical like <laughs> that hard had, yep. since the Bruce Pearl days. I mean, it was, it was fun. that place was loud. Yeah, it was, it was fun for once. Was fun it was again. like fun to be back in Memorial. Like it felt like you were right. in a kind of a bigger conference game and you were competing and it was just a big game and you yeah. were playing well. That was, so, that's a weird feeling. You take that for granted when times are good and then when they're bad, right. you really appreciate Absolutely. it when it comes back. It, it could be coming back, but guys, I want to pose a question of what does this win do? I think confidence wise for this team, they get a win at home against a ranked team. That's their fourth SEC one of the year, already more than they had last year. They're already at 12 wins more than they had last year. So after this, you know, what's the what's the outlook now? I mean, you got a chance to get back on track. You get the win over LSU, and then you got a chance to, to come back home, play Mizzou, and then try to get revenge against Tennessee. I think things, if Vanderbilt, if things turn the right way, maybe Liam comes back in Knoxville on Saturday, I think there's a good shot. Vanderbilt gets to, to 500 in the SEC, 6-6, six and six, maybe a win at Tennessee. It'll be tough. But I think things are finally starting to turn. So for, for this team right now, how much did that win do? You know, I, I think van, fans vary on it. I think there's some fans that, oh, it's just it's just a win. You know, I'm still uh, I'm still not quite on board yet. But I do think some fans, okay, they got a win against a ranked team on a special night, some exposure. Uh, so exposure, I think, is a key word that Vanderbilt's starting to be looked at now as, you know, not that that little team that you can always you, you can always beat, and even on a bad night, you can beat Vanderbilt. I don't think it's the way that 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 way anymore. So. Um, for, for, for Vanderbilt and, and fans, what's the perception now? How much does that game over LSU, that win, change the perception? I mean, it's, it's easy to say that it changes the perception a lot about Stackhouse because you're saying, okay, now this is definitive improvement. We said we weren't judging wins and losses because they have the class coming in next year of three four-stars and Malik Dio alongside them as a high three-star. But people are going to have their opinions of Sackhouse right now for, for whatever reason that is, mm-hmm. that they're, they like him or they don't like him. And they have very strong emotions. He triggers strong feelings uh, uh, about him. And I am in the vast minority that I'm still just sitting right in the middle. Like, I kind of like what he's done, but I'm not fully sold on him yet. And that is like the craziest take ever because you're either we back Stack or you're on the side of fire Jerry Sackhouse right now. This team's getting better. I think indisputably from when he took over the program, this team is so much better. He didn't bring in five stars immediately. He didn't go from being 0-18 in conference to being 
an NCAA tournament team. That didn't happen. But he's built slowly, and they're much better than they were last year, even with the injuries. Because when Rodney Chapman is in the lineup, I think that I don't know what their record is, but I know they went on the win streak. We mentioned it in the Diamondhead Classic. They beat Arkansas, and now they've beaten LSU, played Kentucky very well, and beaten Georgia. Mm-hmm. A lot seems to be right with the world when Stack can get his pieces in place. And I'm once again defending Stackhouse and defending him more and, and sound like a full supporter. But I, but it's hard not to be a little bit positive right now. It's hard not to say that this team last year 100% loses this game by double digits. This year, even on the Vegas gambling line, they were only like plus 130 or plus 116 yeah. is like two and a half, three and a half point underdogs. Yeah. So right there, I mean, that is respect they're getting from the money, which is a way better tell than anything else than any ESPN predictor. And I think they're what, like nine and a half points or, or seven and a half think, point yeah, favorites over Missouri. Right now. Yeah. yeah. And that line will probably come out a little bit, but that, that it right there shows that the perception is changing. And Vanderbilt's not the doormat anymore. I mean, you're sitting, they're sitting with four wins in conference, four and six. They're tied with Texas A&M, Alabama, and South Carolina. Yep. Now the schedule gets a lot tougher. I know we're going to talk about Missouri a little Murder's bit on this rough. podcast, but man, you've got Tennessee, Auburn, Alabama, Mississippi State, Florida, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. You've got a gauntlet coming up. And I don't know if you have the standings pulled up on your on your laptop, but um, growing up SEC basketball, I don't know if I've ever seen the middle of the pack like this weird i guess like yeah, i'm pretty sure like don't quote me i'm pretty sure we have the same conference record as alabama which they've been ranked like i'm pretty sure they've been top 10 event at some point this season mm-hmm. um and it's just you know like i said it's weird like that can roll either way i was obviously very hyped after the football colorado state win i don't <laughs> think this is kind of the same thing you know this is you know versus a conference opponent i think it's obviously a bigger deal i'm not saying we're you know going to the to the big dance or anything, but I think what I like, what I want to judge Statcast off of this year is, and this is weird, but getting out of Wednesday night of the SEC tournament, mm-hmm. and that's you know the bottom four teams of the conference. I, I just like to see us in a Thursday slot, you know, just kind of get that monkey off of our back. Um, and I think there's a lot of games towards the end of the stretch that could go either way. You know, going, I think going to Auburn, you know, that's definitely not ideal. Um, but That'd be fun. We're uh, we're one South Carolina win away from being like probably fourth or fifth in the conference right now. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, if Carolina didn't sweep us, so it, it could go either way, you know. Yeah, no, so that, that's just kind of yeah. The side, that that's the part I do have the standings pulled up, Peyton. So it, there's actually one game or one and a half games separating uh, right now 11th place, which is still playing in that opening night games, mm-hmm. which is Vanderbilt right now, and fifth place in the conference, and Mississippi State, who's five and four. And in sixth place is Florida five and five. And then you have LSU, Texas A&M, Alabama, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt all tied at four and six. And then you have Missouri at three and six, Ole Miss at three and seven, and the Georgia sitting down there at one and nine. So that's a little recap for everyone when we're talking about these standings. There's going to be – Vanderbilt's going to control their own destiny. I mean, that's where we're at right now. They are going to see in this last stretch of games – they can move up as high as like literally fifth in the conference and they can fall as far down as like 13th. There's a lot Uh, of movement that can happen. I'll say this guys. I think if Vanderbilt is in that first night of the sec tournament, that's going to be a huge disappointment. But if they Mm -hmm. get out of that first night, that's a good season. That, that, that is, I think that's considered a good season. If they're able to move their way up closer, more towards that middle pack, as opposed to towards the bottom, I think you could call that a great season. I really do. I think those are kind of the thresholds here. Very disappointing. I think Vanderbilt fans should be if they are in that first night. 
But on the other hand, I think you got to call it a good season if they find their way up more towards that middle pack. So, again, guys, as we're running out of time here, I know I know we could talk a lot more about this, uh, but I do want to give a quick update on Liam Robbins and then talk a little bit about Missouri. Uh, so, first, for Liam Robbins, this is coming from Justin Hershey on Twitter. He said, Jerry Stackhouse says that Liam Robbins uh, had an ankle sprain. He, he, uh, he got back on the court in a non-contact capacity yesterday at practice. And he says he remains a game-time decision uh, for tomorrow night against Missouri. Uh, but he is hopeful that Robbins can get back on the floor for about 12 to 14 minutes tomorrow. So I, I think with Liam Robbins and his status, again, I feel like we're updating it every day. Uh, but, but for him and, and his capacity at playing, I think right now getting him on the court is, is the most important thing. And I think his presence changes everything. We talked about, Liam, we talked about Ronnie Chapman changing things when he's actually healthy and, and at you know, full capacity and a full go. Think about Liam Robbins getting closer to full go. This team is totally different. So that that's kind of the 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 update with him. Uh, again, who knows? He may or may not play tomorrow. Sackhouse may feel cautious. Uh, but again, to see him on the court against uh, Missouri will be huge. So, uh, but for him to play, guys, I think that's more we're looking forward to him playing in Knoxville. You know, I think if he can play in, in Knoxville against Tennessee and help Vanderbilt get that one, I think that'd be huge. Missouri is is – it's kind of hot right now. They, get, they beat A&M, uh, but guys, for this Missouri game, Will and I talk about it all the time. How big of a game is this? It feels like we're talking about every game as, you know, Vanderbilt needs to win this game. But Missouri, this is as close to a must-win game this season as any of them because you're coming off a big win at home, and you've got to find a way to, to keep that momentum going. So uh, for Vanderbilt tomorrow night, who has to step up? I mean, if, if, if Chapman drops another 25, you got to feel confident Vanderbilt winning that. But what, what's the feeling – tomorrow night as uh maybe you guys are heading to that one i know will might but i don't know about you peyton I'm yeah i'll not. be there there you go peyton. there you go yeah yeah peyton, i'll be, be there. there um I'll, I'll be in the house i definitely you know not expecting you know saturday's crowd i am curious as to what it will be M- myself like most of everybody and you know that's alive i don't think i've seen missouri play this year um yeah, i think i, I saw I him play a little bit versus kansas but you know kobe brown i know that he was the I don't know if y'all remember that from the door report chat. Do y'all remember we all tuned in to Kobe Brown's uh, yep. the, commitment? He was, he it was, was like a 45-minute video. They actually missed yeah, on that. Like, they missed on Kobe <laughs> Brown. Right. I remember that. Right. <laughs> I think he's regretting that black and gold now, if I had to guess. But <laughs> I don't think he's a post player that's, you know, take over like, like Kentucky's big man. So I don't think he's going to rough around QMB. You know, based off of that, I haven't heard their names. I'm assuming that Missouri's guards are not going to be as good as ours. You know, I, I think Robin's 12 to 14 minutes can mean more in a Missouri game, you know, more than a Kentucky game. Kentucky, mm-hmm. you got to bring it for, you know, 32, 35 right. minutes to have a chance. Missouri, you know, 12 to 14 minutes of Robin's in there, throwing it around in there. I, I, I think that can definitely make a big difference. Yeah, I think you have the two sides of the coin, which is Robin's is probably not a benefit to the team right now At this point, when he's going to yeah. be on the court. He, he's going to go out there and he's going to be a detriment to the team. He's another big body, he can bang around, but he's not going to be in rhythm and he's not going full speed. He just went from previously doing three on three drills to maybe some quick five on five and practice is just not quite the same as game speed. And then he goes out there and he struggled. And he also tried to go out there against Sheboy, who's going to be a lottery pick most likely down low. But Right now, what you're doing, this Missouri game is huge. You need to win this one if you want to stay out of that first four, which has been what I've said from the beginning of the season should be their goal, and they're right around there and going to be able to decide that in this last eight games. But the last five games of the season, so you have Missouri, who we believe they should beat. This is a game they should win and need to win. Then you play at Tennessee, 
number 19 Tennessee, and at number one Auburn. Those are going to be tough games. You're probably going to drop those two if you're just going off the odds. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm saying likelihood is not high. Then you go into the stretch of teams that you are right around in the SEC standings five in a row. This is when you need Robbins. This is when you need him to be getting back in the swing of things. He's able to have that first game against Kentucky. Then he's going to have these three games saying he can stay healthy. Fingers crossed because that has not been a guarantee that this is another injury. But if he can be back in the swing of things for the stretch at the end of the season against Texas A&M at home, Alabama at home, at Mississippi State, then Florida at home, and then at Ole Miss. That's when you need him back. That's when you need it. And, yep. that's, and that's we talked about it with Chap. We talked about it with Chapman. Actually, Billy, this is one last thing. But this other injury, we talk about. They have you have one major injury, and then that creates a multitude of minor little injuries. You saw it with AJ Brown with the Titans and Julio Jones with the Titans. If you see it all the time with basketball players, so it's concerning with your seven foot big man that he's had the foot injury and now it's a separate injury. Is that going to lead to another little tweak and another little tweak? So it feels like an injury update. I don't think they're going to be stopping yep. anytime soon. Yeah, cautiously optimistic, I think, is what Stackhouse yep. is utilizing right now, which is smart. I mean, you, you know, you, you got the season is not does not you know depend on. I mean. You could argue it depends on Liam Robbins, but at this point, they're probably not making the tournament anyway. It's not like they're in that type of situation, but the NIT bit is still there. So, again, big big stretch coming up. Uh, Peyton Shoulders, special guest here. Peyton, uh, appreciate you coming on, and uh, you know we'll, we'll uh, definitely try to keep you updated and uh, have you on a little bit later. But, Will, that does it for Episode 142. Vanderbilt in Missouri tomorrow night. Uh, again, congratulations to Shane Foster. We will. I know we said we'd be joined by him next week, last week, but we will be joined by Shane Foster this week. So uh, that that is a guarantee. Not not folding on that one, but this is a that, Billy Derrick guarantee. You can lock it in. He never lies. He never ever lies. You can lock it in, Will. Uh, that was the only lie I've ever made last week uh, about Shane Foster. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that'll do it. Episode 142 here at the Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors.